Would you all stand with us and let's sing today. Those online, you can stand too if you like. Here we go. You're calling me over. You're pulling me close. With love you surround me. You give me hope. Yeah, yeah. You're taking me deeper. You're making me whole. With grace you redeem me. Hey, good morning, Cavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing? Man, it's good to see you guys. Hope everyone's had an awesome weekend and a great week, and we're glad to see you back here at Cavanaugh Church. Uh, everyone doing good? Thumbs up? Thumbs up? Okay, good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, I am Nathan. I'm the student pastor here, and if we have not connected at all, if I've not said hello to you, I've not met you, I would love to. So right after this service, there is a massive welcome guest sign right out these back doors. I'm going to be there, and I would love to 
say hello and, and tell you a little bit about our church if you're a first-time guest or been coming for a couple weeks and you haven't connected with anyone, I want to be able to fill you in. So I want to make you feel welcome. Um, and then I'll lead you right over to the good stuff at the coffee bar, right? Because I know which one's the best. I put a little extra in one of them this morning. I, I can tell by who's worshiping this morning, who's got a little extra energy. It was good to see you guys. And again, I believe God has something really, really special here for us. And I hope you are prepared to worship, to lift him up, and to receive uh, God's word this morning, okay? So I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to ask God's anointing on our service today. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and again, thank you so much for bringing us together here in this place. God, to come together as the body of Christ to fellowship and to worship and, and to receive instruction today is just it's amazing. We're so thankful for the privilege that we have as your church to do so, God. I pray for our services today, God, as Brother Jason comes and brings the word. I pray that as he preaches, our, our, our walls are brought down um, and we are receptive of you. Your word, God. I know that there's a lot of people in here dealing with a lot of different things, God. And Lord, I just pray that our focus can turn away from those things and onto you and hear what you have to say, God. We love you and we love your church. Thank you for being our God and us being your people. And continue to bless our services today in your name. Amen. Let's worship.
this week about the being in the presence of God and specifically the presence of God at church because church is supposed to be the dwelling place of the Lord. And there was this list of all these things that the church should do or the leaders of the church should do to check off to from how we choose what songs we're going to sing to how we choose what um, the message is going to be about all the way down to how comfortable the chairs are and how good the coffee is. <laughs> um, but what the lesson was about and, and the main focus was what we bring, we the congregation um, and, and how our hearts should be when we come to worship. And it was two things, really simple things, but really impactful things um, that we come inviting and that we come expecting, that we invite God to join us, that we're not just gathered here to fellowship with each other and sing songs about how great God is and, and hear a message about how great God is and all that he can do, but, but that we invite him to join us and for his spirit to, to be here and dwell among us. Um, and that we expect him to do great things. Um, and we know from experience that he will. Um, so that's really what this song is. Um, it, it's an invitation uh, for the Holy Spirit just to join us. So think about that as we sing. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here.
are welcome here and we invite you to come and, and join with us and, and dwell among us God and we thank you so much for your presence in this place and in our lives and God we do come this morning expecting great things I pray especially for salvation this morning God that hearts would be changed that if there's any person here or listening online God within the sound of my voice that doesn't know you that doesn't have a, a personal relationship with you and know that they can call on you whenever, for whatever. Um, God, I pray that today would be the day that their eyes would be open to what they are missing. God, I, I just pray that today would be the day that they would set aside whatever it is, um, whatever it is that's been keeping them from coming to you. And I pray that they would just run to you this morning, God, that they would give their heart to you and that they would live their life for you. For all of us, Lord, I pray that we would begin each day inviting and, and expecting um, not just not just here, but Lord, as we walk through the halls of our work or our school or our home, um, I pray that you would that you would live in us and and walk with us, um, and, and that other people would see what it is to walk with the Lord. Lord, I pray that you would continue to move in this service, and that our eyes would be open, and that our our hearts would hear exactly what you would have for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Great job. Give him a big hand this morning. Give Brother Nathan a big hand. Youth pastors, man. What's up? How we doing? Y'all good? You look so serious. You're like, oh no, I didn't know Brother Jason was preaching today. Hey, y'all are in for it, let me tell you. I've already, hey, I've already prayed. I told Wes this. I've already prayed for, for God's Holy Spirit. That's the power of God. That's, God is in the business of drawing us to him. God seeks relationship with us. And I've already prayed for the Holy Spirit just to mess y'all up this morning. I prayed, Holy Spirit, sick them. Get them. So, hey, wherever you're at, God, I'm just praying for God to shake you up today, all right? Because he's real and he's drawing you to himself and he loves you and he's got the best for you and you can trust him. 
Hey, last night um, we took our merge students, that's our young adult ministry, uh, we went to Top Golf, Brian. So it was Brian and, and Kurt and I, and we, we took a bunch of, bunch of, you know, 19 to 20 something year olds uh, to a driving range. Now, when it's 34 degrees with 20 mile an hour wind and rain, that's a perfect time to go to a driving range, wouldn't you agree? Well, our wives, they thought we were, they were you know, dumb. They're like, y'all are on your own. So, uh, you know, we had a good south wind pushing us to, to Rogers, Arkansas. We made it in record time. All right, but fortunately, when we got there, it quit raining, and it was 50 degrees in Rogers. So when is northwest Arkansas ever warmer than us? I don't know. We were surprised by that. But fortunately, the, the, this place has a building. So the building is at our back, uh, and it faces north, so we were blocked from the wind. But if you got the golf ball up high enough, there was still some wind that could catch it and really send it, okay? I need all the help I can get when I'm, when I'm doing that, trust me. But we had a great time. We finished up, and then as you're walking out, they have a big screen, kind of like the one behind me. And who was on it but the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas was playing. And, I mean, we really thought about, we're like, hey, we could watch this. We could watch this. But we hadn't eaten supper yet, and Eli's like, no, I'm going, we got to go eat. So, okay, so we, we hit some Lynn's Garden Buffet, and uh, they threw down some food. But, hey, I was, I was pretty pumped because Dallas won. Now, I mean, who's happy about that? Yeah, let me see your hands, all three of you. Yes, feeling your love. Hey, this is their year. We're due. I mean, we haven't won a Super Bowl since Aikman in the 90s. Brent, this is it. We're due. Right? Are y'all feeling it? Yeah, it's almost Super Bowl time. Are y'all excited about that? All right, I don't watch a lot of pro football. I really like college football way better. Uh, but I'll watch the Super Bowl. I'll get fired up about that. I'll watch some Dallas Cowboys, you know, unless they're playing bad, and then I'll turn it off. But now, we got something going on tomorrow, don't we? Pretty big deal, like a national championship. If, if OSU was in it, or Arkansas, or OU, we'd be pretty fired up right now, wouldn't we? We don't really care, you know, but I'm just going to say, go dogs. All right, Alabama's had enough, you know. Yeah, right, y'all with me? Okay, so y'all going to watch it? You going to watch the game? Don't you love big games? Don't you like some hype? Nathan, you like hype, don't you? Nathan, man, he, he, like, he brings some energy. Okay, so check it out. The, you know, we love a big game. We like the lights. We like the music, the cool uniforms, the big plays, the announcers, right? The trophy at the end. I mean, it's a big deal. We like championships. Are you with me? We like energy. We like big events. We like to celebrate. That's awesome. That's that's. That's super fun. Uh, so how many of y'all have heard of Court, Kurt Warner? Who's heard of Kurt Warner? Raise your hand if you've heard of him. Okay, so amazing NFL career. In 2017, he was inducted into the National Football Hall of Fame. The only non-drafted NFL player to be inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. The only undrafted NFL football player to win Super Bowl MVP and NFL League MVP in a single year. He's also the only undrafted player to be inducted into not only NFL Hall of Fame, but Arena Football Hall of Fame. He's the only undrafted quarterback to take his team to a Super Bowl championship the first year that he played. Uh, he had an amazing career. So when you look at his career, man, I mean, you're like, wow, the spotlight. That man had the spotlight. He had people's attention. People were in awe of Kurt Warner. He played 12 years in the NFL and had this cool career. So you think, man, it must have just been easy for him. 
It must have been easy street. He just had the red carpet rolled out for him, and he just waltzed up there on the stage and took that Super Bowl trophy. No, that's not the case at all. Guys, he, he was rejected over and over and over again. He, somebody called it his wilderness experience from the time that he graduated from college. He barely even played in college until his NFL career uh, over four years later. It took him that long to get into the NFL. So when you see him accepting all those awards, you didn't see behind the scenes the disappointments, the struggles, the humility, the injuries, the discipline to eat right and work out when, when nobody was even calling on him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him, but he didn't give up because he had a dream in his heart. But he just wasn't ready yet, and he knew it. God had to get him ready for that moment. And, and he is a believer, so he's, he's got a really cool testimony. Well, in today's uh, text that we're going to look at in my sermon, we're, we're going to talk about Elijah. All right, And the title of my sermon is Elijah, the man, the myth, the legend. Part two, okay? And the title of my sermon is, say what? Say what? I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Now, I preached part one a few Wednesday nights ago. Don't worry, you won't be lost. I'll catch you up. It was only one verse, okay? So I'll give you just a one-sentence recap of that in a minute so you'll be completely caught up to speed. And for y'all that already heard that sermon, don't worry, you don't have to hear it again, okay? So it's a win-win for everybody. But guys, let's think about Elijah, man. If there was a Prophets Hall of Fame, Elijah is MVP. He's an all-time greatest prophet Ever. Elijah performed so many miracles. He was in the spotlight. I mean, think about it. God used him to raise dead people to life. All right? Think about that. Raise a dead person to life. God, God used him to perform numerous miracles. He faced off the wicked prophets of, of Jezebel, or, or Baal, rather, who worshiped Baal. He faced off these prophets, 900 of them, and defeated them with God's help, single-handedly. He went on to be taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. He didn't even die on this earth. Guys, that's incredible. Right? Can you not get excited about that? Would you agree? That's impressive. He, he was in the spotlight, man. When Elijah showed up, people were like, hey, let's follow him. What's going to happen next? What's God going to do through him? They were ready for the show. They were ready for the Super Bowl, man, because it was on. But here's what we often overlook about Elijah. Before he got to that point in his life, he had to go through a wilderness adventure. There was a time where God was preparing him for greatness because he wasn't ready for the spotlight yet. And God had to take him through humility, and it was a journey. And guys, make no mistake about it, it is no different for you and I. We like the big events when it comes to our faith, right? We want to see people trust Jesus as Savior, right? We want impactful worship music where we can stand and sing and raise our hands and praise our Savior like we've done this morning. We want to hear dynamic preaching, okay, like Brother Will brings every week. And you come back next week and you'll hear dynamic preaching, okay. But we want the hype. We want to see God do miracles, don't we? Wouldn't you like to see God do a miracle? Hey, listen to me. Look at me. If you believe that Jesus died for you, on a cross and was buried in a tomb and rose again. And if you have confessed him as your Lord, you've trusted Jesus as Lord, he's done a miracle in your life because he made you new on the inside. He's given you the hope of eternal life and a home in heaven. That's, that's a promise. Guys, that's a miracle. So put a smile on your face right now. 
Okay? You've received a miracle. Or if you haven't, you can. You can trust Jesus as Lord and Savior too. That gift is available for each and every one of us. And God's drawn us to him. So, guess what? We want the hype, right? We want the big things in life when it comes to our faith. God used me in great ways. Let me be a bold witness for you. Let's see people come to Jesus. Let's see miracles. But guys, just like Elijah, we've got to get in the wilderness. We've got to get still and quiet before the Lord. We've got to let God prepare us for what's in store, for the next step. So we've got to put in the hard work, the humility, what nobody sees behind closed doors, right? We've got to do the right thing even when nobody's looking. And when we do that, then God's going to get us ready. So we're in training camp, okay? That's, that's, that's what I want you to think about this morning. We're going to glimpse into Elijah's training camp. So we're going to go to 1 Kings 17. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I preached from verse 1 that Elijah was called out of obscurity. He was a prophet in the region of Gilead. Uh, and he came from this place called Tishbe. That doesn't mean a lot to us, but in, in the Bible map, if we had a map on the screen, you would see the Jordan River, and on the west side of the Jordan River is Israel, and on the east side of the Jordan River is this land called Gilead, and that's where, that's where he grew up. It was, just, it was just mountains and country. He was just an old country boy, okay? And he shows up. God tells him, you go to Samaria, go to, to the Israelites, go to King Ahab, who's the most wicked king that Israel ever had, and he said, you confront him. And God gave him a message, and his message was, it's not going to rain for three years. Not going to rain for three. That was it. That was his message, okay? So he got all dressed up, shows up, gets in front of the king, gives that message, and it's time to leave, all right? So that was part one. That was part one. I called that sermon, Who Dat? Because when Elijah showed up to the kingdom, man, he wears like camel hair, okay, and a leather belt. He's kind of like John the Baptist, bushy hair and beard. And people are like, who's this wild man? You know, who's in the kingdom here? Who dat? Well, today we're going to look at what happens next. So are you ready? Are you on the edge of your seat? All right, get on the edge of your seat. I need to see anticipation. I need to see excitement, energy about what God's going to do in Elijah's life. And more importantly, what God's going to speak into your heart today. Because what's important today is nothing that I say. It's what is the Holy Spirit saying to you. So open your heart up to the Lord today. Okay, you ready for me to read a scripture? All right. 1 Kings 17, verses 2 through 3. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kirith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Let's pray. Lord, today we are grateful to be in your house and in your presence. Lord, there's no one like you. And we thank you for a privilege, Lord, to set aside time to worship you. Help us to hear from you today. And most importantly, help us to listen to you and to obey you today and to trust you and to love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys good? You with me? Uh, who's, who's sick of hearing the word social distancing? All right, who's sick of having to worry about being quarantined? All right. I'm sick of all that, okay? I mean, you know, it is what it is. I know we're having to deal with it, but I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm just saying. Uh, but listen, if you think you've had it rough, if you've, you know, had to be quarantined, well, Elijah, God told him, go, leave Samaria and go. He was in seclusion for over a year all by himself. Now, that's a quarantine, okay? So, wow, think about that for a minute. Elijah was leaving behind this wicked city of Samaria, and, and God told him to go into obscurity, okay? Why would he do that? Well, God, when he's preparing us, 
when he's getting us ready to do things for him, for his kingdom, a lot of times we go through a time of preparation, and we often call that a wilderness experience. Now, if you think in Scripture, when Jesus started his earthly ministry, he was in the desert for how many days and nights preparing before he started his earthly ministry? Forty. Y'all knew the answer, didn't you? You were afraid to say it, right? If I ask you a question, y'all can interact. It's okay. I won't bite you, all right? Forty days and forty nights. Remember? God was preparing him. How about old Moses, old Mo? All right, when he, he lived in the wilderness after he fled Egypt because he killed an Egyptian, he fled for his life because Pharaoh was trying to kill him. He was 40 years in the wilderness. Try that on for size, 40 years. And then God said, go back to Egypt and free my people. You're going to lead them out of bondage. Wow, imagine that. That was some time of preparation, wasn't it? How about old Joseph? What a cool dude. Man, sold at 17 into slavery by his brothers lived in Potiphar's palace for 11 years as his slave, as his servant, then was falsely accused, thrown into prison for two years, finally freed from prison and elevated to second in command of all of Egypt. All that time, 18 years, God was preparing him for greatness. So the point is this, guys. We're going to go through wilderness adventures, and they may not be that much fun. But when you find yourself in a wilderness adventure, all right, and maybe you're a little bit lost, you don't understand what God's doing in your life, it's okay. Take a deep breath and realize that God is preparing you for something big. He's got you there in seclusion for a reason. Now, here's something cool. God didn't just tell Elijah to leave this wicked city. He said, turn and go east. Now, remember, his homeland was to the east of Samaria. So, it's a long walk, by the way, from where he grew up to Samaria. So he walked all the way there, and he had a message. It's not going to rain for how many years? Two of you are listening. That's good. <laughs> three years, right? No rain for three years. And guess what? Now God said, okay, go back east. And he's like, huh? God, this doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm ready. I got all dressed up for this. I'm ready for the spotlight. Bring the hammer, God. Make it rain. Let's see some judgment. Come on, let's go. Let's take Ahab out. He's reigned long enough. But that wasn't God's plan. He said, now you're going to go. But he didn't let him go home. This is interesting. He sent him to the Kirith Brook. Now, the Kirith Brook, Bible scholars don't know exactly where that is today, uh, but they, they know the region, and it's north of where he grew up. Like I said, he was an old country boy, and he didn't get to go home. He had to go north into this wilderness. Now, what we know about this area is that it's just full of mountains, and ravines and deserts. It's a wasteland. There's nothing but scorpions and rocks, okay? Not a real fun place to think about hanging out for a year in isolation, okay? But God says, you're going to go there, and there's this brook called Kirith, and that's where you're going to be. So Elijah knew where it was, and he's like, okay, doesn't make a lot of sense, God, but I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go. So he told him exactly where to go. Um, I'm sure he didn't really want to. But then God said one more instruction. He said, hide yourself by the brook. Why would he say hide? God, why would you say hide? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Just hang on to that word, okay? Don't forget it, but tuck that away. Now, here's the deal. In this mountainous area, there were little brooks, little streams of water, and that's where he told him to hang out. He didn't let him go back home. Now, home's a great place, isn't it? We all love home. There's no place like home. 
But guys, sometimes God needs to get us out of our comfort zone. Are you with me? If Elijah got to go back home, he would have just returned to business as usual. Things are back to normal. And the problem with home is we can get real complacent. We can get in our easy chair and not want to get up. And God had something else for Elijah. So he didn't let him go home. I'm sure that he wanted to because I'm sure he's thinking, man, I can get home cooking and instead i got to go out in the desert and just hang out at this brook called Kirith and hide. God, I don't get it. But he was obedient. He listened. He did what the Lord said. Uh, God doesn't want us to be lured into complacency. And guys, we each have to fight that every day of our lives. It's so easy to get comfortable, to get in a groove, right? To get in a routine. But God was getting him ready for the next step. He was preparing him for greater challenges to come in his life. And he was going to teach him, he was going to teach Elijah to rely on his provision. So here's a little application. This morning, you don't, don't raise your hand, but answer this in your heart. Is there something in your life that God is calling you to leave behind? Is there something in your life that you know doesn't belong? Is there something in your life that you've allowed in that's pulling you away from God? If you answered yes to that, you know what God's telling you to do? Leave it behind. Maybe you've got a relationship that's toxic, that is not beneficial, and you need to set some healthy boundaries. Now, I'm not talking about leaving your family. Uh, I'm talking about if there's outside influences that are pulling you down, and we're all susceptible to that, then you need to set some healthy boundaries. You need to step away if somebody is pulling you away from God. See, God, he's always refining us, and he's always, he's always chipping away at us. But listen, if there's something in your life that's holding you back from God, man, don't be afraid to trust him in that. Here's the deal. If we've got disobedience in our life or we're hiding a sin or a, a bad habit, you know what's going to happen? Our wavelength to God, our communication line to God, is going to have static in it. And isn't it annoying if you're trying to listen to the radio and there's static in the radio? I mean, that's, I know most of y'all don't listen to radio anymore because you, you stream. But, you know, it's a bummer if it starts buffering, right? We don't like that. We want a clear line of communication to God. So here's the deal. What needs to change in your life today? Just simply answer that. You already know. But here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't just call you away from something. He calls you to something. We replace the bad with the good. So God said you're going to leave the wicked city of Samaria and you're going to the wilderness. It doesn't sound like that's good, but it actually is, and we're going to find out. So like Elijah, listen to me, guys, like Elijah, we need to hide ourselves out every day. And I'm not saying you got to go to the Kirith Brook, okay, in the wilderness. You don't have to do that. But every day, look at me, find a quiet place and connect with God. We've been talking about reading the Bible through. We've hammered that the last three weeks. Uh, man, I'm loving the reading plan. Hopefully you're doing a reading plan. Some of y'all jumped in and joined Eli's reading plan. There's like over 100 people in that. It's not too late. Come on and join us. It's awesome to see all the comments, Jason. You've been leaving some great comments. So it's fun. You can interact and see what people get out of the Word. It's a journey. But guys, each and every one of us, we've got to carve time out of our day to get still and quiet, to hide and listen to God's presence. Listen to his voice because we're not going to be used greatly by him if we can't connect with him. Uh, not only was Elijah sent into seclusion, but Elijah, he was sustained in the wilderness. He was sustained. And, that, and that's the cool thing. I've been, I've been reading this book that Miss Gail Miller gave me, and it's called Elijah. 
and it's written by Priscilla Shire. And, it, and man, it's awesome. She dives in, brings out some great truth of God's Word. So I'm going to reference some of that today in my sermon. So, you know, y'all don't just think all these thoughts are original with me, okay, because I'm not that smart. But I uh, wanted to give credit where credit is due. But let's read 1 Kings 17, 4 through 7, a few more verses. So remember, God's told him to go, he told him to turn, and he told him to hide. Listen to this. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kirith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Whoa. We're going to break this down. Because it's so easy when we're reading God's Word just to breeze over something. That's amazing. And we just like, we can just read it, and and we don't really grasp what it's saying. But there's some crazy stuff right here. So I like crazy stuff. So we're we're going to dive into it for a minute. But before we do, I'll give you just a little insight into my life growing up. So I grew up in northeast Oklahoma, a, a little town called Pryor. Grew up in the country. My parents have a farm there. My great-grandpa bought it. Uh, so we, we still have family that lives there. And in my parents' backyard is this stream that flows. Okay? It goes right around the backyard. But where I'm from, if you're from Mace County, you don't say stream. You don't say brook. You say branch. It's a branch. How many of y'all ever heard that referred to a body of water? Okay. You, you come to Pryor with me sometime and you'll hear people say the branch. Or if you say it the way my mom says with her West Texas drawl, it's branch. Branch. Okay. All right. So we, we love this stream so much. My brother and I we used to play there in the summer when we were kids and hang out there. And we even named it. Okay. So I want y'all to try to guess the name of this, of this branch. Okay, my boys, you don't spoil it because they know. So I've got a little hint for you, okay? So Ray, Sherry, you got the picture? We got a little hint. Okay, how many of you know what that is? Raise your hand if you know what that is. The rest of y'all need to get out. Come on. Yeah, what would you call it? Crawdad. What do y'all call that? Let me just, what do you call it? Crawdad. How many of y'all say crawdad? Raise your hand if you say crawdad, okay? That's impressive. More of y'all than I thought. We... I'm, I'm connected with you guys. How many of y'all say crawfish? Raise your hand if you say crawfish. Okay, a couple of y'all. Uh, mud bug? Mud, who says mud bug? Are y'all Cajun? That, that's Cajun. All right. So whatever you call it, these things are amazing. They're like little lob, they're like miniature lobsters. Yeah, and they live in Arkansas, guys. And if you find a, if you find a branch, okay, or a stream, uh, there they are. So what do you think we named our branch behind the house? The crawdad branch, Okay. So, I, I thought that was pretty profound. I thought y'all would gasp at that name and be so impressed with that. That, that little branch behind my parents' house, it's full of crawdads. So, my brother and I, when we were kids, we would spend our time entertaining ourselves with a fishing pole and a piece of raw bacon. Did you know that if you have a fishing pole and a piece of raw bacon, you can throw it in that branch and you can pull out crawdads hand over fist? Ron, all day long, pull them out of the water. And I had my little red wagon, little radio flyer, and I would fill it full of crawdads. Fill it full. Then I'd turn them loose so I could catch them again the next day. So crawdad branch, all right? If y'all ever want to go have some fun, load up with me. Take your kids and grandkids. We'll go to the crawdad branch, and it's great entertainment. 
you won't be disappointed, I promise you. Y'all aren't buying into that. You're not believing. I thought you would be more excited about the Crawdad Branch. Well, we had a lot of cool names for the places I grew up, like Spooky Place Bridge. I'll tell you stories about that another sermon. But here's the deal. This is the point. The Crawdad Branch, when it rained, it was full of water. Okay? And we had great crawdad fishing. But as soon as it got dry and the summer hit, man, it would dry up to nothing. And the crawdads would go underground, and there was no crawdad fishing to be had. You had to wait for the next rain till it filled up again, and we could fish again. All right? So Elijah, being a country boy, he knew when God was sending him to this brook in the desert, he knew what was going to happen. He'd already told Ahab it wasn't going to rain for three years. So guess what? Elijah knew the brook's going to dry up. So God is sending him to a place to be sustained, yet the brook's going to dry up. So Elijah's faith was never in this brook because he knew. He already knew the outcome. He knew what was going to happen. But you know what Elijah's faith was in? God. He trusted God to sustain him. Now, he didn't understand how that was all going to look, but he, he knew enough to trust God because he knew that a brook is going to dry up. Listen to Job in 6, 15 through 18. Job knew about brooks too. Listen to this. My brothers, you have proved as unreliable is a seasonal brook that overflows its banks in the spring when it is swollen with ice and melting snow. But when the hot weather arrives, the water disappears. The brook vanishes in the heat. The caravans turn aside to be refreshed, but there's nothing to drink, so they die. That's encouraging, isn't it? But that's what a brook will do for you. So check it out. Elijah, everybody hang with me. Elijah was sent to a place of inadequacy in his life. He knew the brook would not sustain him. But God would use that to fortify his courage and confidence in God. To trust God's provision for his life. This was his training camp. It was a temporary place. But guys, he was going to learn valuable lessons there. And I think the same thing applies to our lives. Listen to Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man so that he does not lie. He is not a human so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried through? Guys, when God says something, it's money in the bank. You can count on it. It's a done deal. Now, this is so interesting. Because God tells him, you're going to drink from the brook. Now, we can understand that, right? I mean, if there's water, there's a stream, you're thirsty, you get a drink. Isaac does that all the time. Isaac will drink out of the pond, stagnant pond water. If he's fishing, he's thirsty, get a drink out of the pond. If he's, if he's out hunting and there's a stream, he'll get a drink out of it. You know, if he's at the lake, get a drink. Doesn't matter. And we're like, dude, you're going to get a parasite. Isaac, you're going to get a parasite. I, I need to show you my fifth grade science experiment. When I pulled pond water out and put it in a jar and put that under the microscope, I mean, there's some gnarly creatures in that water. They will make you sick. So for Christmas, we got Isaac, are you ready for this, a survival straw. How many of y'all heard of the survival straw? Oh, it's so cool. After you hear this story, you will be looking it up on Amazon. You'll be buying one. So you just simply, Barbara, you put the straw down in the water. You get on your hands and knees, and you just suck through the straw. Instant filter. All the amoebas are filtered out. Whatever critter is in the water, he's gone. Survival straw. It's amazing. So Let's do this. Let's all go buy one this week. Let's all try it. Let's go drink out of the pond this week. 
and come back Sunday and we'll see who got sick and who didn't, okay? <laughs> Sound like fun? Who's in? Yes. Okay, we can understand drinking from the brook, right? But the next part, don't miss this. This is mind-blowing. God told Elijah, the ravens are going to feed you. And this is the title of my sermon. Say what? A what's going to feed me? You know, he's probably thinking, I'd rather live out of the crawdads in the brook. But a raven's going to be, guys, are you familiar with ravens? All right, they're kind of like a crow. Now, who, who, who thinks crows are annoying? I, I think crows are super annoying. Uh, you know, Jude, he's always trying to shoot a crow. Jude tries to shoot everything, okay? But, but if it would have been like a dove or a robin who's, you know, kind of mild and a, and, a, and a sweet bird, you know, kind of a gentle bird, you could see that they could bring him food, right? That would make more sense. But a raven, guys, they're just, un, they're annoying. They're like a flying garbage disposal. I mean, they eat everything in sight. They're scavengers. What they specialize in is robbing uh, a meal that a predator has, has caught an animal and, and taken that animal down. And then they come in and rob the meat and, and, and just gobble it up. They don't share with anybody or anything. They're wild and unruly. You can't tame them. They're obnoxious. I mean, why didn't he use a robin? They're so sweet. I mean, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want a robin to feed them versus a, a raven, right? But so, so yesterday, I, I got to tell you all this story. I don't know why, but Jude, he doesn't like any bird, okay? And I don't like crows or ravens. He didn't like, he didn't like robins. We're, yesterday, we are squirrel hunting. Jude entered. You guys got to know this. This is cool. Only in Arkansas, okay? I'll preface it with that. The Nature Center hosted the first annual big squirrel competition yesterday, okay? Brent sent me the flyer. Jude saw it. We're entering, Dad. Let's go. So we were hunting squirrels yesterday for the big Arkansas big squirrel challenge, all right? So while we're hunting the squirrels, some little robins are in front of us, and he's wanting to shoot them. I'm like, no, Dad, let me shoot them, please. No, why not? I said, because they're robins. They're gentle. Leave them alone. And you're trying to get a squirrel. we got to win this competition. So we show up for weigh-in. They had a real weigh-in, just like you guys do for the Bass Club. Weigh-in your top three biggest squirrels, all right? We were a shoe-in for second place. Shoe in for a second. We're going to get a medal. It's got a big acorn on it. I mean, it's awesome, you know. Uh, I mean, Jude's just fired up. And the lady's like, if, if nobody comes in the next nine minutes, you're going to get second place. You're going to get this medal. So, look, dude, you best be believed. We're watching the clock. We're watching the door. We're watching the clock. We're looking. Two o'clock, boom, deadline. Weigh-in's over. Shoe in for second place. We're ready. 30, they're going to announce the winner in 30 minutes. We go up there ready with expectation. And in the door comes a father-son with four big squirrels. Knocked us out. After deadline, the deadline was passed. I had it on my watch. She guaranteed it. Did I, did I say anything? What do I do? Do I be a jerk? You know, be a jerk and ruin this other kid's day? Huh? Do you, what do you think I did? Nothing. Eric, I zipped it. Yeah, no, it ain't worth it. I said, Jude... If we're not first, we don't want that dumb medal anyway, man. We're, on, we're only here for first place, baby. We're coming back next year stronger than ever, all right? Hey, only in Arkansas, right? But listen, nobody really likes a raven, all right? Leave the robins alone, okay? But the raven, so here's Elijah, and, and it, it gets even more bizarre. A raven, by Jewish law in Leviticus, is 
is classified and clarified by God as an unclean animal or bird. It's unclean. So the Jews, they had certain, before Jesus came, they had certain uh, animals that were considered unclean. They could not eat, eat them. You're not supposed to touch them. You're not supposed to eat them. A raven is on that list as an unclean bird. So it's like, what is God doing? I mean, he, he tells him to go hide. He's going to give him water from this brook that's going to dry up. And he's going to feed him with an unclean bird twice a day. It's going to bring him bread and meat for a year. Most people think he was in the desert for up to a year in, at this place. Now, guys, that is a wild story, is it not? I mean, y'all are looking like no big deal. But, I mean, hey, if a raven started showing up and giving you breakfast and supper every day, wouldn't you be a little like, weirded out by that? You know, that's a little strange. But God was teaching Elijah some amazing lessons. He gave him a front row seat to his unexplainable power. And, and I think it was humbling for Elijah. He had to humble himself and be fed by an unclean creature. But he was learning to rely on God. And let me tell you something, guys. You may find your place yourself in a place in life right now that doesn't make sense. Maybe you feel like I'm stuck in the wilderness. I'm kind of like Elijah. I don't know where I'm at or why I'm here or where I'm headed. And maybe you feel like that. But listen to me. God's got a place for you. He's got a purpose for you. So if he's called you out of something, guess what? He'll provide for you. If he sends you somewhere, he's going to take care of you. And I want to ask you, what are you trusting in today to sustain you, to support you? Listen, if it's a relationship, if it's a job, if it's your health, if it's your money, you know what's going to happen? These things, they're going to let you down because they can change in a second. The only thing that doesn't change is God. So learn to trust him. I want to share a quote from Priscilla Shire's book. This is good. I didn't steal it for the record. Yahweh allows the stuff of the earth to be lacking in its ability to fulfill us so that we have no choice but to look to him, meaning God, capital H, for our ultimate satisfaction. That's good stuff. Don't you think? I think that's powerful. So listen, maybe today you're in a dry season. Maybe it's a time of disappointment or discouragement, or loss, or setback, and you're just kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Listen to me. Don't give up. God's got blessings for you. He's going to see you through. Don't give up. Sometimes people quit, and they didn't know the blessings right around the corner. Elijah, man, he could have been disobedient. He could have said, no, God, I'm not going there. I'm just going to go back home, and, and he would have missed everything. We wouldn't even know about the Elijah going up to heaven in a chariot of fire if he wouldn't have been obedient to God. So as you're tempted sometimes to throw in the towel or maybe give up on your faith or walk away because you don't understand what's going on, know this. When you're in a difficulty, God's going to use that to shape your heart and to heal your heart. Even in loss, God begins to heal. So let God work in your life. Trust him to fix you. So when things get bad, maybe he's just taking some things away from you. You know, we got to examine our lives every day. You know, if there's immorality in our life, if there's bitterness in our life, if there's un forgiveness. If we have any sin in our life that's unconfessed and we're trying to hide it from God, hey, he wants to pull that out of you. It's training camp. He's going to get the impurities out of you and he's going to refine you and prepare you for the future. And, and the last thing I want to notice today, uh, just briefly, is that Elijah was shielded by God. Now this is pretty cool, okay? So I'm going to give you a little fast forward. We're going to jump forward to 1 Kings 18, verse 10. Now this is a conversation that Elijah is having with a man named Obadiah. Obadiah was, uh, he was a prophet of God. Uh, he was also 
over the palace of Ahab. He was over the palace, but he was a godly man. And when he saw Elijah after three years in the wilderness, three years of quarantine, Elijah shows up on the scene. And when he shows up on the scene, he's back to the kingdom. It's on, guys. This is the Super Bowl. Here comes the MVP. It's the big game. The hype is here. And he runs up to Elijah, and he's like, why are you here? Why are you here? And, and listen to what he says to Elijah. For I swear by the Lord, that you're, uh, by the Lord your God, that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told, Elijah isn't here, King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. So in other words, Elijah told Ahab three years ago, it won't rain. Ahab blamed him. He hated him. He sent an elite task force to all the known kingdoms of the earth to try to find him with no luck. Why? Because he was hiding. He was at the brook Kirith. He was at a place that didn't make sense to him at the time. But how many of y'all have heard the expression, hindsight is 2020? That means we may not understand things at the time, but when we look back on the journey, it makes sense. So Elijah realized that God was shielding him. Not only did he take him out there to learn to rely on him for, for his, his very uh, being, for his food and his water, but guys, he was shielding him. He was protecting him from a wicked king who wanted to kill him. And Elijah, three years back, was not ready to face Ahab. He wasn't ready for that. God had to get him ready. So I want you to think about it like this. Maybe today you're like, man, I'm just bummed out, you know? Uh, I, I've got like a shadow over me. I feel like there's a cloud over me. And maybe doors closed that you wanted to stay open. Maybe things happened that you didn't want to happen. And at the time, you didn't understand it. You didn't like it. But maybe looking back, you could say, you know what? What I thought was a shadow over me was actually a shield over me. God was protecting me. God was looking out for me. God had something better for me. And when he closes one door, guys, it's not a cliche. He will open another for you. You've got to know that and to believe that and to trust that. So sometimes he protects us from things that we don't know we even need protecting from. All right? But that's hindsight is 2020. So when you get down the road, maybe you're in a valley right now. But when you get down the road, you get out of the wilderness, you're going to look back and say, oh, oh, okay, God, you were protecting me from that. Lord, you were getting me ready for this. That's pretty awesome. Listen, God's taking care of us even when we don't realize it. I'm going to ask you guys to stand right now, and I just want you to bow your heads. I, I just want you to, so right now, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that don't answer out loud, but I want you to answer in your heart. This is between you and the Lord. And most important, I prayed this morning in my office, as I've already told you, but I just, I literally, I sicked the Holy Spirit on you today. And I said, God, just, just work in people's lives. Shake us up, Lord. So, this morning, as your eyes are closed, I just want you to, I want you to be honest. This is between you and God, not me. Maybe you're on a longer, more inconvenient route today concerning your career or your family or your ministry. You're in the wilderness. Here's my question. How are you reacting? Normal reactions are impatience frustration, 
anger, and fear. But guys, listen to me. God wants you to react more like this, surrender. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Gratitude. God, thank you for providing for me even in the wilderness. Expectation of what he can do beyond what we can even think or imagine, guys. And listen, in hindsight, you're going to see God's goodness and grace have always been there for you, guarding and protecting you like a shield. So when you're in a tight spot and you're tempted to gripe, instead say, God, thanks for being with me. I know I'm not alone. Let's pray. God, this morning, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you as Savior, I pray today that they will come and they will, they will trust Jesus as their Lord, believing that he died for them and rose again. And Lord, I pray that they will just uh, ask God into their heart to forgive them of their sins and give them a new life, Lord, and a home in heaven. The greatest miracle we'll ever receive is eternal life in heaven, Lord. We're looking forward to that day. So if somebody here today needs to do that, Lord, let them have the freedom. Let them not be hindered. Let the Holy Spirit just work in their life. Well, Lord, I pray for others maybe who trusted you as Savior, but Lord, they're just in a wilderness. They've, they've been through a hard time or they're in a hard time and they're tempted to be uh, discouraged and, and to throw on the towel. But Lord, today, help them to, help them to put on the, the lens of hindsight that, that they'll be able to see that as they get through this, Lord, down the road, that you were protecting them for something. You were preparing them for something great. Lord, we want to be used. We want to be ready. Lord, help us to be ready like Kurt Warner or like Elijah when it's our time to step up. Lord, help us to be prepared and to be used by you in a great way. We love you, God, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys will remain standing, and it's simply this, as we have our time of invitation, if you need to come and pray about something, would you just come? We're going to make this whole stage our altar. You can just come and stand. You don't have to kneel. The ground is hard. We don't have our altars yet, but you can just come to the front and stand. If you need to pray about something, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to embarrass you. It's between you and God, so we want you to have that freedom. As our musicians or vocalists sing, uh, just take this time to listen to the Lord. Listen to the Holy Spirit right now and just do what he tells you to do. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Man, let's pray. God, we love you. It's so good to be here in your house. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love. We thank you for the way that you can change lives. And Lord, today, if you've spoken into somebody's heart and, uh, Lord, they've, they've made a decision for you or, or need to make a decision for you, and they want to talk to somebody about it, Lord, uh, we'll be available after service. Let them know that, that they can come and find us, uh, one of the pastors, and we can, we can talk to them and pray with them. But, Lord, thank you for uh, being who you are. 
Lord, help us to, to never lose sight that you're going to use all things for our good if we love you and trust you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Uh, thank you all for being here, for being amazing listeners. Um, just a couple of things, and then we're going to be dismissed. But I want to remind everyone, this is for our members, not our guests, but for our members on your way out. If you'll drop off your tithe and offering in our offering uh, boxes at the exit doors, we would greatly appreciate that. And then tonight, Brother Nathan, where are you at? Raise your hand. Brother Nathan, he's bringing the, he's bringing the hype tonight at 6 p.m. on our online Bible study. I asked him earlier, and he did have his caffeine and sugar before the Bible study lesson. So we know there will be no lack of enthusiasm and energy in that online Bible study. Hey, I want you all to be in prayer for uh, the Nichols family. Joe, Karen, Jeff, um, Joe's sister passed away. So y'all be praying for them. Uh, let them know you love them and you're thinking about them. And also uh, Rick and Sharon Yates. Not sure if y'all are in here. Um, Sharon's father passed away. His funeral was last Friday. So let them know you're praying for them as well. And uh, just love on these families that are hurting and have had some loss. And I wanna, I'm going to close with this card, and this is from uh, the, the Franklin family, from Ken and Debbie, and we're continuing to pray for you guys and uh, for healing for you all. Friends at Cavanaugh Church, we wanted to express our gratitude for your generosity and love through the wonderful meal you provided to feed our immediate and extended family. Losing our sweet Nana uh, was rough enough, but the car accident injuring three of our loved ones the same day was almost too much to bear. But we felt the prayers as you lifted us up, and uh, we are so grateful for you. And we love you guys, and we're continuing to pray for healing for you all. Uh, hey, pray for each other. We love y'all. I see you now, Sharon. We're praying for you, continuing to pray for you. Uh, y'all good? All right, everybody stand up. Give some air high fives, and you're dismissed. Have a great week. Come back Wednesday.